Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, I discuss the Traveling Mental Health Clinic, a partnership to develop bone adhesive and potential new Apple Watch features. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 84 for the week of May 10th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. Before I get started, our diagnosis code for this week is T73.1, deprivation of water. So what this reminds me of is, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen SpongeBob before, but there's an episode in there where, um, you know, he's a sponge who lives in the ocean, but he goes to his friend's house, Sandy, who is a squirrel who lives in the ocean. I don't know. I didn't make the show. All right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but what ends up happening is, you know, since, you know, she's living in this bubble of air under the sea, SpongeBob goes and visits her. And in order to live in, or in order to visit her, he has to wear this fishbowl on his head. Um, and, you know, he gets challenged to not wear the fishbowl. So he doesn't do it. And then he ends up being dehydrated and needs water. So in this case, SpongeBob, if he was a human, would have that diagnosis code of T73.1 deprivation of water. So with that, let's get right into the news. First up, we have, if you can't make it to the doctor, they'll bring the doctor to you. The Fresno Center and Anthem Blue Cross launched a mobile mental health unit dedicated to helping underserved and rural communities. Lower income people are hospitalized three times more for mental health services than non-lower income people in Central California. To help this problem, this unit will be driven throughout Fresno County and can reach more than 5,000 people each month. Mental health clinicians and caseworkers will provide healthcare information, education, and critical services. It will also support high-quality, integrative behavioral health services. These include crisis screening and assessment, intervention and support, counseling services, and connecting our referring clients to community resources. The Fresno Center is currently developing a schedule for the mobile office. So a mobile mental health unit, I mean, mobile mental health in general is becoming more and more of a trend, and it's definitely very encouraging to see. Um, it's kind of like, you know, we live in the world where the DoorDashes and the Uber Eats are starting to get more and more traction because people either don't have time or they're too lazy to get their own food themselves, right? Delivery is very convenient because you can just sit at home and wait until your food comes, right? I mean, pizza's been doing it for like almost a thousand years now, right? So What's what's more interesting, though, and probably more helpful is mobile mental health clinics, um, just because, you know, one of the things that I feel like a lot of people with mental health issues deal with is trying to get over the hump of uh, saying that they're not OK. Right. And that requires calling a mental health professional, scheduling an appointment with them, and then also um, you know, getting out of the comfort of your own home and driving to the office of the mental health professional. Right. I mean, telehealth provides the same type of service, but mobile mental health clinics is like it brings it to you in a physical way, which could be very, very beneficial, especially for something like uh, behavioral health services. So uh, very cool to see that they're doing this and it'll, it'll be interesting to see the trend and see this is something that happens more and more often because it is happening more often. But it's not at that point where it's like a every every location, everywhere these people offer uh, mobile mental health clinics. So we'll see what happens. Next up, the backbone to the partnership for fixing fractures. The Irish-based medical device company PBC Biomed is leading a partnership in developing a bone adhesive for treating osteoporotic fractures. 
This company is focused on accelerating medical innovation in the areas of bone and tissue healing through partnerships with healthcare professionals, academic institutions, and medtech companies. The development of a bone adhesive would significantly reduce operating times, reduce risk of infection, and the need for hardware and complex fracture treatments. This has the potential to significantly change the standard of care. Treating complex bone diseases with these biomedic materials allows patients to quickly restore mobility and health. So this is a, bo- a bone adhesive for treating fractures. That is like some next level medical care. Um, I mean, we've talked about certain things like this before, where in the past there's been, you know, there's just these medical innovations that are just kind of groundbreaking in the thought. I mean, if, from a patient's perspective, it's like, oh my gosh, how can you even come up with something like this? And that's, this is one of those things, right? Um, a device, an adhesive that goes to your bones to help treat fractures is, is really impressive. Um, especially with the benefits that it brings, right? Reducing operating times, risk of infection, and the need for hardware and complex fracture treatments. I mean, the risk of infection alone, that's that's a huge accomplishment. So if it actually, uh, you know, gets more and more use and people and, and healthcare professionals start using this within their everyday uh, treatment of these types of fractures, it could be very, 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 very groundbreaking. So very exciting to see. Next up, Rockley rumors several new Apple Watch features. One of Apple's suppliers, Rockley Photonics, suggests that future Apple Watch models may be able to measure blood sugar levels, blood pressure, and blood alcohol. The UK company said its products are designed for several uses, including medical devices to track blood pressure, body temperature, blood glucose, blood alcohol, and blood oxygen levels. It's unknown whether all of these features will be available in the Apple Watch 7, likely to be revealed this fall. Rockley doesn't expect to deliver the sensors needed until the first half of 2022. Expanded medical tracking would interest more customers, such as those with type 2 diabetes, who may need to test their blood sugar several times daily. Uh, so, I mean, at a certain point, right, the, we just talked about an, an Apple, or a, not an Apple device, but a, a device that's wearable, a wearable device um, last week that helps detect overdoses, right? And I feel like at a certain point, these these big tech companies that provide, you know, leading smartwatches are going to start implementing this type of medical devices and these types of innovative tracking capabilities within their device, right? Because they're always looking for new ways to bring value to people and they remake these versions of their devices every single year to constantly increase their their revenue, right? And, And part of that means to uh, add new features or, you know, increase the CPU power or increase the resolution of cameras. I know with cell phones right now, it's like every single, uh, every single phone that comes out now has like three cameras and it's kind of getting insane, right? It's kind of like back in the day in the nineties where razors were just like actual razors were, um, increasing the amount of blades that they had until it got to the point where it was like seven and it would like take over your whole face. But, um, which at that point, it feels like it's a little dangerous. But, you know, I mean, all these types of features are, are very, very helpful. I think the one that would be very interesting and could potentially black, backfire is blood alcohol. And the reason why I say that is, is I feel like anytime that people um, do any sort of thing regarding blood alcohol, whether it be testing it themselves, it's usually as a way to 
start a competition among your friends to see who can have the highest blood alcohol content, which is extremely dangerous. And I don't condone it, but it does happen. And there has been instances in the past where, um, you know, bars have provided breathalyzers and then, you know, it just ends up being a competition among friends because they're at the bar trying to have a good time. So uh, that'd be interesting to see if that backfires, if that ever comes to play. And with that, let's go on to our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, we have Preparation Prevents Potential Attacks. Madison City Schools is the recent victim of a cybersecurity threat. One of its advanced threat protection systems alerted district officials of a potential breach. The district's technology team along with its cybersecurity partners, immediately pulled critical systems offline to begin analyzing the threat. They believe that it was an attempt to lock their system and hold it for ransom. The team engaged in mitigation techniques to minimize, minimize the likelihood of success of the attack. The school district has found no evidence that any data was compromised. So, you know, this is an instance of ransomware, again. But in this case, it seems like the, the, the school district had had their... Uh, ducks in a row, I guess you could say, right? They 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 handled it well. They were alerted that this that this happened to them, right? And as soon as it happened, they took off their uh, systems offline and talked to their cybersecurity partners and worked with them, um, and basically completely stopped this threat, which is awesome. And it's pretty shocking that it's it's actually a school district in this case. Obviously, school districts have sensitive information that people don't want to get out, right? Especially considering it's, it's usually children or, or, you know, minors. That's definitely sensitive information. Um, but what's, what's interesting, though, is that it's a school and schools are funded by levies in the community. So this, this school had enough in their budget to uh, reach out to cybersecurity experts and, and figure out a mitigation plan that worked for them. Whereas, you know, hospitals are starting to have another, hospitals are another highly targeted area um, for ransomware attacks. And a lot of times hospitals don't have the right way to respond to ransomware attacks. So this is very interesting. Um, So kudos to Madison City Schools. Next up, the ring isn't the only shiny part of these weddings. The hacker group Shiny Hunters has targeted the Indian wedding planning platform Wed Me Good. This platform had a data breach back in October 2020 when someone uploaded 500 megabytes of data that exposed 4.34 million users. Now Shiny Hunters is giving away all the data for free. The 4.3 gigabyte pack includes email addresses, password, hashes, contact numbers, activity records, and more. If you've used WedMeGood, you should immediately reset your password to the account and any other account where you've used the same credentials. Be aware of phishing and scamming attempts made via email and SMS, right? That last part's the most important takeaway. Um, you know, you have to make sure, number one, don't reuse your passwords. That's like the number one rule for everybody these days is don't reuse your passwords because you're going to end up getting breached at some point, right? You know, maybe one day you're like, hey, you know, I'm getting married. I need to use the service. That's awesome, right? So I'm going to go to Wed Me Good. I don't know anything about the service, so I'm just using this as a hypothetical because this is what the story is about. So, you know, maybe Wed Me Good is a good service, okay? It's in the name. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, you're happy because you're getting married. You don't really think about your, your data security. So you make an account and you go and use their services, right? So you're only going to use this account like once or twice because you're only going to get married once 
hopefully, right? <laughs> Wishful thinking. But, um, you know, as a result, you use a password you've used before. You know, maybe you have a go-to password that's not that secure, that's very easy to remember just in case as a fallback, right? A lot of people do that. It's not that out of the ordinary. So you go and, you know, you get married, all this stuff, and a couple years go by and you realize you've been breached. And now a lot of your other accounts are exposed as well because they use the same password. So change your passwords. Don't use the same password for everything or multiple things. Um, and if you do and you hear about this stuff, change all of those passwords immediately because otherwise people can get in, they can get your private information, they can figure out what type of services you use, contact those services, pretend that imitate you um, with the information that they have and, you know, potentially get into, you know, payment information and things like that, more sensitive data. Or they could just send you phishing attempts and get your data that way. So either way, you know, stay, stay vigilant. And finally, delivering the news that the startup was hacked. A cyber criminal broke into the $2 billion valued Spanish delivery startup Glovo. The hacker was selling access to both customer and courier accounts with the ability to change their passwords. The company stressed that no credit card data has been stolen. The chief technology officer and founder of Hold Security, which tracks malicious hackers across the web, alerted Forbes of the attack. He discovered screenshots and videos from a hacker showing off access to the computers used to manage Glovo accounts. Glovo was notified, and they confirmed the attack, saying that the attacker gained access through an old administration panel interface. They claimed that they had fixed the issue, blocked further access by the unauthorized third party, and put additional security measures in place. But this was as the hacker continued to sell access to the startup's IT systems. So, you know, this is kind of an interesting scenario. It's like the one that we talked about last week, which I wonder if there's going to be any problems that Glovo has to face because of the way that they handled this. So, from my understanding and from what this is saying is Glovo didn't really notify anybody of this attack, right? But they knew about it, okay? So this other uh, group, Hold Security, reached out to Forbes and said, hey, I found this. This could be something you could publish and you should publish. So then Forbes publishes it and then Glovo acknowledges it, right? I feel like it should be the other way around. Glovo should acknowledge it which i don't know if they have or not i mean they said that they knew of it they didn't say that they told everybody um so glovo should have reached out and said hey come with a public you know press release that this happened to to protect their customers and then forbes covers that not a third party finding out talking to forbes and then going to glovo and glovo acknowledging it right that's where it kind of gets a little tricky and you know, this relates to the story, like I said earlier, before I went into this rant and explanation um, of last week where an organization reached out. It was the same scenario, but the organization didn't talk to the German cybersecurity uh, protection agency or something like that. And because of that, they didn't reach out to them first. They got fined, right? I don't know what it is like in Spain. Um, or wherever Glovo is actually headquartered. But if there is something like that in place, they could potentially uh, get fines. So, you know, the takeaway here is to understand if a breach happens, who you need to talk to, what you need to say in the time that you need to say it. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage podcast produced by eTactics.